What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the. What are you doing? Put it on the script so we can see what we're doing. It's not a script, it's an outline. (laughs) (laughs) The show isn't scripted. Okay. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of our weekly wrestling recaps. It's been a great week in wrestling, so we're going to discuss everything that happened, as well as some news. But first, I want to address the name of our podcast. So we started off as The A Show, but then a couple of people tweeted us saying that there's already an A Show. I don't know. What do you think? I'm thinking we just go with The A Podcast. I know that's kind of boring, but I have nothing else. I have no idea. If you guys want to tweet us. Do we change the gimmick? (sighs) Do we call for a loser leaves town main (laughs) event in Memphis, Tennessee? (laughs) By the way, uh, we had over 1,600 listens on our first weekly recap episode, so thank you guys for listening. We hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. This is just something we do for fun because we love wrestling. We always have. So yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, But back to the podcast name, it's either going to be... And, and if you hear a baby screaming, that's my co-host's fault. Yeah, that's my <laughs> nine-month-old. I don't even know. My godchild. Yeah. Do you think we should put the man of a claw on her? or? It doesn't work. It doesn't? She, you no, tried? She will not tap out, and she will not go down. We're just kidding. Yeah, I've never put my child in the middle. <laughs> but she do, is teething and does chew on my hand, so... Yeah, so we apologize if she has any sudden outbursts. Yeah, but... we'll try to clean that up. <laughs> okay, so now that we've discussed the podcast name, like I said, if you guys have any ideas on like another name, tweet us. If not, we're just going to go with the A podcast. Yeah, you come up with something, maybe we can send something your way. All right, so we kind of just want to start with some news this week. What do you think we should cover first? It was a newsworthy week. It was. Uh, First off, the Randy Orton Instagram posts are pretty interesting, although I got a feeling he's just, he's working, baby. I do too. His contract expires in 2020, so I feel like he's trying to leverage his way into more money. He had posted something on Instagram with him looking at his sign that said Elite Level, and he had tagged Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, and I think the caption read something like TikTok. Um, and then Jericho had commented on it, saying, send in a tape and some pics. I'll see, see what I can do. Yeah. That was fantastic. But honestly, I don't think Orton would leave. Never say never, but come on. He's a legend. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, I honestly feel like he's just he's negotiating. the game, and he can do this because it's not like they're going to... Right. It's Orton. Yeah, right. Mean, so, he's just, he's working. It's funny. Okay, also, we had some drama, I guess I'll, I mean, I guess drama is a little, is that an exaggeration? I don't know. Now, that was an exaggeration. That was. <laughs> I think Paige's theme just started playing in the living room. Uh, JR seemed pretty worked up about it, so I don't know if... We're referring to the Seth Rollins JR. When Seth Rollins had... Uh, he was talking about Kenny Omega and the my- AEW being the minor leagues. So that really, I think, pissed JR off. Basically, JR just said it doesn't do any favors to the business. It was He was basically just saying it goes... There's an un, unwritten rule, and this and this is one of them, and it's Bush League. But, you know, it's not like he's wrong. I mean, we both like AEW, but we both also know that it's nowhere near where WWE is. WWE is making more money than they probably ever have as a business. Yeah. So, I mean, he's right. But JR took offense to it. And what was kind of funny was just the, the point. <laughs> JR wouldn't let it go. Right. He kept going on and on about it. And Conrad, this was on uh, 
Grilling with JR, the podcast, and Conrad was doing everything he could to get away from it. JR just kept adding a little bit more sauce. Yeah, I mean, this will pass, but kind of kind of a silly little argument between whiny little Rollins and old man JR. Well, speaking of Rollins, then on the Fox show after SmackDown, Paige made a comment and she said something like the burn it down thing that they make you say. It's like trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Okay, really, Paige? I mean, it's... I feel like it's pretty over. Burn, when he burn comes out and yeah, the foot, come down, on, it's burn crowd. it down is over. Now page. when he does it, <laughs> right in the middle of a promo, it's super yeah, cringe. I don't, I, don't, I don't know about so that one. It's a little fifty-fifty. However, is Paige on your shit list? Paige is on my shit list for that comment. Wow. I didn't like that comment from Paige. WWE Two K Twenty, the shit show that it is. The release, the glitches. Man, I saw so many Twitter videos of the game, the glitches, the everything was so bad. Yeah, look, between NBA 2K and WWE 2K, 2K just needs to get their shit together. And what's fantastic about both of these products is instead of apologizing... They just keep advertising more and yeah. more. About, hey, right? want to spend more of your money on this piece of shit? Here you go. And then some people didn't get the autographs. when yeah. they. So, yeah, that was just... And they had the hashtag fix WWE 2K20 trending on Twitter. I'm sure they'll A lot right of people were pissed. But we actually wanted to play that. And I'll still probably play it with you. I'm I'm down for looking. I mean, there was one that looked like uh, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey were scissoring while a referee was oh, yeah. getting a blowjob. <laughs> so I'm not gonna say it's not an entertaining game, <laughs> but yeah, there's some, probably some things that need to get fixed. All right, was there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, as far as this week's concerned, the oh Corey Graves on. I believe Instagram and Twitter posted something he called a rant, announcing that he will have a weekly podcast called After the Bell. His uh, guest list for the first week is pretty stacked, and they are advertising it as a shoot-like show. Who's the guest? Uh, Triple H is one of them. Seth Rollins is one of them. And he was like, Mm. maybe I'll ask Seth Rollins about KO, and I'm not talking about Kevin Owens. And... He said, maybe I'll ask why Cesaro should be the main event of everything, but yet he's not. Hmm. So, we'll see. When does that debut? I think next Wednesday after NXT. Hey, that might be interesting if it really is a shoot, but we'll see. Uh, It won't be a shoot. I know, it's WWE in control. Corey's good at working that way and making you think it's a shoot. Okay, so, we... Anything else? I'm good. Okay. So now we're going to jump into this week's shows. We're going to start off with Raw from Cleveland on October 21st. So it starts with Flair. He's shooting on Cleveland sports. It's great entertainment. Is he drunk or is it just Flair? He could be butt. He could be tipsy. I feel like it's just also that age where you're like... You don't give a fuck about... Fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) So he was extremely entertaining and just shitting all over their sports teams. Then we find out that Drew McIntyre is the final member of Flair's team at Crown Jewel. So I was wondering when we would see Drew McIntyre again because he was uh, in the draft. He was a pretty high pick. So I was wondering what they were going to do with him. Now, Drew McIntyre, I love his look and I think he has the potential to be the perfect heel. It's just, I don't know what's going on or the history. Do you think it's bad booking or do you think it's him? I want to get your take on Drew McIntyre a little bit. I feel like it's definitely bad booking. I mean, every star that's come from NXT was created in NXT, and then maybe WWE kept that that momentum going, and it stayed for a little while, but at some point, they've always dropped the ball with these guys. And I feel like this is just the same thing. WWE doesn't know how to make new stars. Drew is a star, and NXT comes over. They don't use them the way they should, and when it's their responsibility to keep going with this momentum, they just totally drop the ball. Like, the last program he did, 
didn't do anybody any favors. So it's not that they're going, they're doing this and, and creating strong stories or anything like that. All they're doing is flip-flopping matches and giving you a different winner every week where it hurts everybody. Even when the feud's over, instead of it being something that somebody gets momentum from, you're just, you don't even remember it. Well, his biggest feud was with Roman, and they had that match at Mania, which was probably the weakest match. And then he lost, so he... See, I don't even think of that. Like, I don't even remember that. I'd remembered it because, I mean, Drew, they make... They give him all these promos where he's just talking about, you know, being a badass and nonstop, and he had that crazy feud with Roman. Right. And then, like, it's like he talks the talk and then never walks the walk. Right. So. Anyway, so Ricochet comes out and they have a match. That was an awesome match. I think they can pretty much mesh styles easily where with Drew's power and Ricochet's speed and stuff, they'll always put something on, which is visually perfect. So... The Ric Flair promo mid-match was pretty great, too. I feel like he just gets jacked up on a bunch of blue chew and starts <laughs> shooting whenever they put a mic in front of him. Doesn't give a damn. But the match was great. I think it carries over. The one thing I was thinking about that sucks is that this is going to be a crown jewel match, obviously. Which doesn't matter. Right. And then Survivor Series is, like, next month. Yeah. So this could be potentially something that was going towards Survivor Series and would make it important. But they threw it on here, which sucks, because I like the Survivor Series concept, and it's been weak for a very long time, unless you somehow care about Raw versus SmackDown, which I don't. We get another backstage sitting promo from Aleister Black, which I feel like he's been cutting the same promo since this past summer. We haven't talked about him a lot, but I wanted to briefly cover him. So do you like his persona and the backstage promos he does before his matches? I do. I think he's got like a Jake Roberts delivery and it's different. Now, if you're not intrigued by it and you're not listening to the words he says, I'm sure that, yeah, it can be dull. I just feel like he needs a real story and a real feud. All he's been doing is fighting no-name jobbers. So, I mean, I don't even know what this past week's jobber name was. Do you know what it was? Yeah. It doesn't matter what his name was. Okay. Right. I had to get get that in. Okay, we have King's Court with Lawler interviewing Rusev about the Lana and Bobby Lashley scandalous affair. And that is how they advertise it. So Rusev comes out waving to the crowd, and I thought this was really funny. I don't know why. He was just smiling and waving with his mustache, looking yeah. like looking like Freddie Mercury. It looked like Vince took him to wardrobe, and he was like, make him look like a dude who's getting cheated on, cheated on by his <laughs> wife. And they were like, say no more, fam. <laughs> looked exactly like that, and just <laughs> totally looked like a, a dweeb. So I would never say that to his face. Well, I'm sure you wouldn't. He's a big man. Rusev says Lashley has poisoned Lana's brain and he will be crushed. He says he hopes and prays every day that him and Lana will end up happily ever after. Then Lashley and Lana come on screen. Uh, They are having dinner. And Lana explained that he's going to take care of... Lashley is going to take care of Lana's needs. So, Lana looked pretty good in this. Her yeah. her boobs were sitting pretty good. They they tend to. What do you think? Real or fake? Well, first of all, we don't use the F word on this show. So, uh, but I do think they're scripted. <laughs> so then, I don't know how long into the show... Rusev enters the restaurant and starts trying to beat up Lashley, but he is restrained by the magic cops that were in the restaurant. I didn't like this segment. It, I just, was, it was pretty lame. The whole thing was... I mean, you don't have the best actors doing this. Right, you true. Have, so, but yeah, all I got out of this was like, every time I see Jerry Lawler now, <laughs> he just sounds like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo dressed in... Game of Thrones cosplay. 
Close your eyes and listen to Jerry Lawler. It's just so hard. So one thing I wanted to talk about was that WWE, and we should have talked about this in the news section, but here we are. WWE on Fox had tweeted out, Dear WWE Universe, can we stop the what chance? It's no longer 2001. They were doing it to Lawler on Raw. And that it's a sign of disrespect. Now, to me, it just depends on the situation. Obviously, it's disrespectful when someone is giving a farewell speech. But, like, I didn't think the audience doing it to Jerry Lawler was all that disrespectful. The what chant will literally never die, you know? It's just one of those things. Yeah. I don't know. I've always felt like crowd interaction is part of the show yeah like, you, if they pay their tickets they should chant whatever right. they and want it's, it's one of the things that we can never guess what we're gonna get because it's not scripted or anything like that so even if it makes you cringe it kind of gets me to where it's like hey at least something's going on right if the worst part of that was that you thought the crowd was disrespectful and not that you thought that bobby lashley was acting skills were disrespectful (laughs) then maybe we should reprioritize what we're looking at the only thing i do hate is when they're at the hall of fame and like they're giving their speech and then the crowd starts saying what i think that is disrespectful here's the best way i think you solve that is don't watch the hall of fame because it's terrible (laughs) hey i like the hall of fame yeah i remember about 30 seconds of it every year this year was when Bret Hart was getting beat up by some hippie. So, Sin Cara and Andrade have another match. And Sin Cara gets defeated with the assist from Zelina Vega. Ray comes out, Ray Mysterio comes out and starts talking about the match at Crown Jewel. And then Paul Heyman interrupts on the big screen. Then we have Shelton Benjamin come out. And talk about how Lesnar is his family, how they train together in Minnesota, and he asks if he has to push Ray around to get a title shot. So finally, Kane Velasquez comes out and starts weirdly punching Shelton Benjamin. Did you see the punches? Yeah, the I didn't, I, awkwardness? Well, I get it because it kind of comes out of realism a little bit. So, in that position, if you were in an MMA fight, Shelton's doing the correct thing by covering up, and Kane's doing the correct thing by going with these wild outside punches trying to throw him up. But it looks weird when you're watching wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did, this is probably one of the weakest parts of the show to me. They just kept giving guys who aren't really good with the mic microphones, mm-hmm. and they kept talking, and they're not very good at talking. It, I just this is where the show was kind of like flattened out a little bit from the hot a really hot start so backstage Seth Rollins talked about how he would burn the Firefly Funhouse down again if he had the chance all while the crowd is chanting CM Punk he also spots the newcomer Humberto Carrillo I don't know if I'm butchering that name I know he wears a cape all night long <laughs> in the back uh, the crowd was pretty dead during this match, and there were We Want Wyatt chants. Um, I mean, it's your typical, like, rookie versus veteran match where, you know, the rookie gets a lot of close call, close... Um, near? Near, yeah. What? Near, <laughs> near falls. <laughs> where the rookie gets... Cl- what what is wrong with me it's early Ashley Uh, it is early but yeah it's when the rookie gets a lot of near falls and they hit a lot of great moves but then you know Seth showcasing their stuff yeah pretty much and Seth regardless of how you feel about him is still an excellent worker yeah and he sold what he needed to sell and he got the hot ending at the end and yeah it was a pretty cool match but it was you knew you knew it was gonna happen so there were no women's matches and i did see a lot of people on twitter complaining probably the same people who when they see the women fight they say oh bathroom break right so (laughs) you had ten thousand people complaining that there wasn't a women's match instead of ten thousand people complaining that there was a women's match for the main event, we have the Street Profits finally debut on Raw. 
they fight the OC and this match I did have high expectations for because I do like both tag teams. So they both cut some pretty good promos backstage before the match, which, you know, got me amped up for it even more. We find out that the Street Profits mystery person to be in their corner never comes out until almost the end of the match after AJ gets told to go to the back. And so the mystery person was none other than Kevin Owens, which I kind of had a feeling it would be because honestly, I I guess creative has nothing else or I don't know if they're going to try to start a KO AJ feud again. Uh, yeah, seems that. Would you want to see that again? Uh, that yeah, I mean, yeah, good. they're both good. So I mean, it's I don't know. What my problem? The booking was really stupid in this because yeah, they yeah. Did, I don't they didn't have to do it, and then they were like, well, I guess we advertised it last week, so we should. Like, you could have just had a tag team match booked it the same way to where AJ had to get thrown out and Kevin showed up that way. You didn't have to do all this extra stuff, but they chose to. But yeah, I mean, between. Uh, the OC's promo at the uh, earlier in the show mm-hmm. about the uh, the smoke and it's not even legal here was just oh, yeah. a really good wrestling promo. It was intense when it needed to be. It was funny. I loved it. I love it when AJ says, throw it up, you mother lovers. Throw it up, you mother lovers. Nobody, anybody else saying that You're right. would be cringe. But AJ, right. AJ saying that. And, and if AJ was trying to be Mr. Cool Guy, which he kind of does sometimes, it would have been cringe. But right now, it, nah, just it was funny to me. So perfect. So and the sh- there theme song those OCs I love it yeah it's pretty dope but it reminds me that I have had a Hot Topic gift card in the back of my wallet for seven <laughs> years hey there's nothing wrong with Hot Topic I know I gotta go get a, a uh, new AEW shirt <laughs> okay so the Street Profits win their debut match on Raw and then Montez holds the baby to go off the air which was a really yeah, Montez fun is, moment Montez is grooming to be a big deal He's like learning his promo style even more. You can tell, like he's yeah, changing you, weekly. Yeah, I can tell. His entering style is already dope, and now he's going in and stealing the thunder at the end of the at the end of the night, kissing babies and stuff. He is grooming to be a big deal. All right, so that wraps up Raw. Now we're gonna move on to NXT. So we start with Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. This was a pretty good match with two very talented women. I think Bianca Belair sells moves really well, and I like watching her. Yeah, she's a good work. And this, yeah. and I did. I just found out her and Montez married. are married, yeah. which is cool. They got married about a year ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but um, yeah, just a match to get Rhea over a little bit. They show a good vignette with Ciampa and how he had to relinquish the NXT championship and his comeback. It was short but to the point and I noted that just because like we talked about Cody one on AEW. Yeah. And I like this one on NXT as well. So we have to give credit. Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes. Grimes. Grim- Grimes? Yeah, like Grimey. Because he looks... So he does look grommy when you when you look it's at like him. A Leonard Skinner, roadie. Like when you look at him, you don't think he's gonna be athletic, but he impressed me. To yeah, be honest, pretty sure he was trained by the Hardys, one of those guys really? that like started when he was young and made some noise on NA, or uh, TNA, I think. But yeah, he's he's solid. The match was pretty good. The crowd was into it. Matt Riddle picked up the win with the Bro Derek. And then afterwards, Cameron Grimes. I want to say Grimes, but I'll say Grimes for you. Wait, didn't you just say the same thing twice? I said, I want to say Grimes, but I'll say Grimes for you. It's a difference with when you say your eyes. That's you a, didn't catch that's that? That's such a reach. I or I. People make fun of me for how I see my eyes. Okay, anyway. Uh, so afterwards, Cameron Grimes... <laughs> he pushes Tyler Bate, who was in the crowd, and then Tyler Bate just gives him a stiff sucker punch. And yeah, that one looked pretty harsh. Let's get this shit going with Tyler Bate. Like, get him in. Get, get these 
guys in and doing more stuff. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, they will face the Kabuki Warriors next week for the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles. Which, why? I think it's just to give something the women to do since they'll be in Saudi Arabia. But for there's the so many women on Raw. I mean, okay. I like. I'm liking Hill Oscar with the Green Mist. Yep. She's dope. For the main event, we have a triple threat match for the North American Championship with Roderick Strong defending against Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Okay, so Roderick, we're not going to really go too much into... Obviously, it was a great match. Crowd was really into it. But we want to go more in depth about what happened after the match. So Roderick Strong retained the title. And then afterwards, the Undisputed Era came out and started stomping on Keith Lee. And then we have Chiampa come out. And he gets in the ring and stares down the Undisputed Era. So it's four on one until Johnny Gargano comes out. Aren't you a huge Johnny Gargano fan? I think he's probably been the best wrestler in the past two years as far as what he's done. Because every time he's been in the main event, it's hit. Every time. And then Finn Balor comes out and stands with Chiampa and Gargano. Are you done? She loved this match. (laughs) And they stare down the Undisputed Era. And then just when you think they're going to start trading punches, Finn, with a beautiful kick, he kicks Gargano in the head. So, I want to talk about how perfectly executed this kick was. Like, literally out of nowhere, not expecting it. Huge, huge deal. Work is working, baby. I mean, this was set up even better because it it fit with the WWE storyline of how they would usually give us who's going to be in war games. So, you get four on four and you're like, okay, they're setting that up. This is it. Cool. And then the kick happens, which... I think on uh, one of WWE's programs, they did an interview with Finn Balor, and he said, the Prince is back. Yeah. So, I feel like he's getting a little testy over in America. He's had a really good run since he's been in WWE, and his NXT run in his first probably six months in WWE, but I feel like he's about to turn it on, and the people like you, who weren't necessarily necessarily familiar with him early, right. are going to see what he can do. So Finn then steps out outside the ring, and then he runs and kicks Gargano again with lots of impact. Then he spikes Gargano's head on the ramp. This looked like a really nasty bump. I mean, honestly, the crowd, I think, was like really shocked, and it would have been really fun to be in that crowd. Finn just stares him down, his music hits, and he walks to the back. So, this is going to be exciting. This was one of the most talked about things this week out of all shows. And it'll be exciting to see what happens next week. Okay, moving on to AEW Dynamite. So, Dynamite, Private Party, Lucha Bros, they open the show to see who advances in the tag team tournament. This was a very fast-paced match with different momentum shifts between both teams. I feel like if you blinked, you would have missed a spot. So, did you see this match? Yeah, it was great. And I think it kind of confirms what I've been thinking the past month, that the Lucha Brothers are probably the best tag team in wrestling right now. Yeah, I mean... Because Private Party's been looking good, and then... When they put them together, it was like, oh, man, Lucia Brothers can work. See, I was hoping Private Party would pick up the win. So Quinn did the shooting star press. He got way up there on Phoenix, and then Phoenix kicked out. I thought that should have ended the match. I thought Private Party should have won after the shooting star press. But ultimately, the Lucha Bros won the match. I'm a huge Private Party fan. Yeah, they're great, too. I mean, their tag team division, like I said, NXT's women's division is the best. I feel like their tag team division is the best. Oh, hands down. So they immediately go into the next tag match that determines the team that faces the Lucha Bros in the tournament. The Dark Order fights SCU. And then, are you a fan? I like, you know, Kaz uses a lot of oil. Yeah. He just looks, he glistens. And I think I like it. So SCU picked up the win. So next week it will be 
the Lucha Brothers versus SCU. And if you remember correctly, the Lucha Brothers attacked SCU in the first round. Correct. So, storytelling. Hey. Have you seen details? This right. Details. Ah, storytelling. So next we have Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. Whew. What? Kenny Omega hit Joey Janela with a chop that made Helen Keller cringe. <laughs> this match. You're like, awful. That's all I remember. Like, it was a good match. And I just remember that because I was just, I think I was feeding my child. And when it happened, I looked over like I had witnessed a car accident. <laughs> Janela looked pretty impressive against Omega, but ultimately Omega picked up the win you know when macho man would like get the crowd pumped he'd wave his hands yeah you know stop from his sides janela does that too much every time he gets up from a knee he's like come on baby i didn't notice he, i don't know why i noticed but it's like every time he stood up and i was like seven or eight less of those i'm good all right so next we're going to talk about probably the other most talked about thing from this week in wrestling we get cody with lots of pyro might i add he is speaking to Tony Schiavone about his upcoming match at Full Gear versus Jericho. And we have the inner circle with air horns interrupting while Cody is trying to make an announcement. So I thought that was a funny little touch. Yeah, the inner circle. The only thing I didn't love about this was that the inner circle came in during the tag team match, which kind of took away from it a little bit. Well, they were. I guess it was because like they bought their tickets. Right. That's what they were and trying I get, to. I get what they were doing. I just kind of wish it was at a different time in the show when they did that. Cody came in, I, and the whole time I watched this, and it was great. And I'm still thinking, like, well, I wonder what Cody had to announce. Right. I know. I'm still kind of like, well, what the hell is he going to say? He had tweeted something like the announcement can be saved for later or something like that. Okay, so they're interrupting Cody, and Cody takes a little shot and says this isn't like the other company they used to work for and that he could easily come up there and they can fight right now i didn't really take that as a shot he's just well, the other com- see i didn't really either but some people took it and they're like AEW needs to stop that's talking how, about how bad wrestling's been is that <laughs> we get mad at these little things hey i wasn't mad at it i like it when they do I, that i'm the same way the crowd is eating this whole segment up the whole time. Yeah, it started the pot and got it hot. So Jericho throws some jabs and says, come up because it's four against one. But then we have Dustin come out and Jericho says, well, it's still four against two. So then MJF comes out and the crowd pops so loud for this guy. Yeah. It's unreal. He's. I don't know what's going to happen because anything can happen. Uh-huh. But... If they do that right with him. Oh, yeah. Jericho says, well, it's still three against four. And then we have DDP come out, which was so unexpected. And it was what? You do? We met him. Yeah, at a a, uh, Cracker Barrel in Jackson, Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) That's when WCW was still around. Yeah. So they go up to the inner circle. Cody punched. No, Cody took MJF's scarf. And it was funny because, you know, the Jericho reference with the scarf and Jericho. Who wears a scarf? Jericho used to wear the scarf. Yeah, it was That was, yeah, that was clever. Ah, he's the best. So Cody took the scarf, punched the glass, and they go at it. How badass was this? They break a lot of glass in AEW. Oh, yeah, the coffee table. Yeah, they love that g- glass breaking. Yeah, it was pretty dope. And then the brawl that started and fed out and toward the crowd area. And a little concession action went down. Dippin' Dots oh, reference. Gotta love Dippin' Dots. But, yeah, I, it was awesome. Um, and it's just, like, getting you more excited for their match at Full Gear. And, so. you know, WWE's done this thing, but they just make it so over and cheesy when they do it. Yeah. I remember the Daniel Bryan. Who was he fighting when they squirted mustard all over him? Oh, um. You know why you don't remember? Because. No, dude, it's in the back of my head. Crap. Big head. This might take a while. The Planet's Champion. He fought, was it? You think on that, and I'm just going to finish this off. How about that? How come I can't remember this? This wasn't this wasn't that long ago. Yeah, because there's no reason to remember it. 
What was the feud? What are you going to Google exactly to get this? Daniel Bryan mustard? It was... Dang, that was in January? It was AJ Styles. Because he slipped on the mustard, and I remember that now. Okay, anyway, that's irrelevant. I just remember thinking, any man with less athleticism would have slipped on that mustard, AJ. (laughs) So, yeah, great segment. Yeah, it was really cool. Five star, A+. Bravo. So, we come back from commercial, and the Young Bites... The Young Bites? The Young Bites. The Young Bucks our fighting best friends who come out with Orange Cassidy. Didn't you say you're a huge Orange Cassidy fan? Yeah, I think it's hilarious. I, I laugh at a lot of this stuff, but Dude. The, I think they made a mistake letting Orange Cassidy come out during the commercials. They did it with the split screen. Yeah. And the commercial was going on the left, and then they were showing the camera on the right, and Orange Cassidy came out, and I bet he got a pop, and I missed it, and I was sad. So he does like the little kick with no effort. Is that his gimmick? His his gimmick, yeah, is like he he doesn't want to give effort. He I'm not familiar really, with him. He doesn't really give a damn, and he okay. doesn't want to like put out a lot of effort. I think the original gimmick was like he's a guy that doesn't want to be a wrestler but has to be a wrestler. Oh, hey, that's clever. So he's real lazy. He doesn't really give. That's a damn. funny. And, I know that is funny. It is, and when he gives the thumbs up, he's like halfway yeah. up. He doesn't even give the energy for that. Instead of the chin music, he does the shin music because he doesn't really want to kick. But I don't know. I think it's entertaining. I I guess if you're like one of those Jim Cornette fans where it's like, none of this can happen because wrestling's real, damn it. So after the match, Matt Jackson tells Santana Ortiz that they accept their challenge at full gear. So that will probably be a really good one to watch, yep. too. They show a pretty cool vignette on Britt Baker, being that she is the hometown girl from Pittsburgh. I like the production of AEW's vignettes. I think we said that last week. Yeah, it looks like they take their time and they're not happy with whatever. Right. Yeah. So she wrestles and defeats Jamie Hayter, who is pretty impressive, by the way. Um, via submission with the locked jaw, which is an awesome move, obviously, because she used to be a dentist. So now for the main event, and this had a lot of mixed reactions, the ending, but it's John Moxley versus Pac. Before Moxley entered the ramp, Pac hit him with a chair and started attacking him. And I just want to note how Pac's physique looks, like, perfect. I mean... He just, he's so quick and he's in perfect shape. He's just defined and probably one of the best bods in the business. Well, he's really short, you mm-hmm. know, but he do, he looks bigger on TV because of his physique. I think he's money. Hey, give credit where credit's due. The dude does his ab workout. <laughs> eight-minute abs galore. He might do 16 minutes of eight-minute abs. So he did a crazy 450 splash on Moxley outside of the ring, and that was a cool spot. The timekeeper kept announcing how much time is left, which obviously, okay, to me, that meant, yeah. No, they they do that every match. I don't know if you pay attention, but they do that all the time. When there's five minutes left, he'll announce that there's five minutes left. He doesn't just do it. Yeah, but he kept doing it. They do that. I think at 10 minutes and five minutes, and then... I guess I never noticed. Right. I don't know. Uh... It's not something you catch, so I get that you didn't notice it, but I have noticed that they do that. So Moxley hit a paradigm shift with 30 seconds remaining, and then Pac kicked out. I was right. The match ended in a DQ. I know. The match ended in a draw, and then Moxley hits the ref with a DDT. And by the way, I was watching this with my mom, and she was really into this show. And she was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, she was like, was that planned? And I'm just thinking. Whoa. Yeah. We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, yeah. The only thing I wish would have happened with this, because last week they kind of showed us that Moxley doesn't give a damn about win-loss record. I wish Moxley would have ended with him still beating up on Pop. Yeah. After the match, because that would have kind of drove that home of like, he's just violent. But it was a good match. Like, I didn't mind the draw. Some people did. I mean. I've got a feeling that AEW is one of those things where it's like politics nowadays to where you either love it or hate it. Uh, And then the people in the middle are just like, gee. I didn't mind it because AEW is going to make it make sense. Now, if it was like Raw, I mean, sorry, but 
more than likely they're not even gonna like do anything with it yeah so i like it because i know most likely aw is gonna make this go into next week did you want to talk about jake hager bellator fight or i like yeah because i saw i saw some guy who had like 17 followers and 11,000 tweets in the past week and a half <laughs> say that this was the last time you would see Jake Hager fight in Bellator. And just real quick, he signed a five-fight deal. This is, I believe, his third fight. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're just giving him giving up on him. He low-blowed the guy with a pretty direct knee to the crotch. Jake Hager is not used to striking probably yet. He's probably been striking significantly for a year. I think he made a mistake and he needed the guy in the crotch. I also think the guy probably could have kept fighting because physically he wasn't hurt, but mentally he was worn out Mm -hmm. and I don't think he could go anymore. And I think he saw an exit and he took it. I don't think he did that. I don't think he's a cheater. I think he's a really good athlete. For the most part, Cain Velasquez beat him in college, but Hager does have a victory over Cain Velasquez in wrestling in college so oh really he's a legit athlete. i didn't know that yeah cool all right so moving on to smackdown which wah, wah, wah. it just it was just it wasn't all that great the worst part of it is you see you think all right there's going to be new it's going to be refreshing and you just get the same go home show. My only thing, I'll I might give them a pass because it was on FS1 and not Fox. So I was thinking maybe they just I'm I'm always giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's a shame. <laughs> so it opened with Miz TV, and he had Flair and Hogan's teams for Crown Jewel on. And when Flair was talking to Hogan, I barely understood anything he said. But the one thing he did say that was hilarious is that he is tired of looking at Roman Reigns all the time. <laughs> I thought that was great. We feel you, bro. So we find out it's going to be Corbin, Nakamura, and Cesaro versus Reigns, Mustafa Ali, and Shorty G. So you couldn't see me, obviously, but I was already yawning. So next we have Robert Roode and Ziggler, which, I mean... Let's talk about Xavier Woods' torn Achilles and move on, because this was pretty much... Irrelevant? Yep. Okay, yeah, so Xavier Woods, he torn his Achilles, which is one of the most debilitating injuries in sports. He will be out for a year, but, I mean, they weren't really doing much with him anyway. I think the only thing to note here will be that this will probably put a pause on whatever they were doing with Kingston and splitting the group up. But, uh, were they, they though? Were. That's uh, the thing. That's we the don't thing. know. And we'll never know. We always... Were. That's the thing with the New Day. It's like... We always kind of want that split to happen, but Vince will never do it because the New Day produces way too much money and merch. But maybe one day when that really does happen, it will be a huge angle. So Lacey Evans beat a jobber. Was she a face or a heel? A heel. The the way she was talking. She's mad at everybody again. And then we have a new episode of Firefly Funhouse. And so this was a very short episode. Everyone was mourning Ramblin' Rabbit. And so out of all the characters, Ramblin' Rabbit is by far my favorite. Who's yours? Bray Wyatt. <laughs> we're going to do a podcast and we're going to we're going to kind of gimmick it out. Uh-huh. But we're going to go over Bray Wyatt's career thus yeah. far. And we're going to kind of do it in a true crime-like setting, almost. His whole evolution. Yeah. So we'll go over this a little bit more, but... I think we're trying to see if he wins the title first, maybe. I don't. I think, I, I think he is the coolest character in wrestling history. Well, oh, in history. Yeah. I don't think anybody else could have pulled off The this. Undertaker? Uh, the Undertaker changed too much. Sorry, and I couldn't quite hear you. Well, that's a sign. Excuse me. Now, uh, the Undertaker's gimmick was really cool. Okay, like, do you think the Undertaker's 80 or 90s gimmick would have worked now? No. Exactly. So, I feel like Bray's gimmick now would have worked at any time, and he's getting it over now, which is probably the hardest time to get something like this over. That's a good point. Yeah. 
So, anyways, Ramblin' Rabbit is revived. So, basically, that was the episode of Firefly Funhouse. Ramblin' Ramblin' Rabbit got revived, and he... As did the house. Yeah. Right. So, they... That's symbolism. But they didn't even address... Symbolism. Ramblin' Rabbit. Right, has the power to bring things back. We'll go over that Are you sure, or it's just... WWE not making sense again. It's either one of those things where they accidentally wrote themselves into something, <sighs> and it, but it really meant nothing. Yeah. Or Bray's just doing what he does. Kalisto defeated Drew Gulak with the distraction from Braun Strowman. Strowman then gives Gulak a running power slam and tells Tyson Fury he's going to get these hands. I'm talking in monotone because I don't give a fuck about this at all. But it's one of the main matches on Crown Jewel, so... Bleh. Bleh. So, Michael Cole interviews Daniel Bryan to ask him if the Yes movement is back. Nakamura interrupts with Sami Zayn. How do you like Sami Zayn with Nakamura? Sami's been killing it. I just... Is he hurt? See, I don't know. I want him to fight. But I guess the thing is, is, is if he talks the way he's talking now... And then loses every match. Yeah, what he says isn't going to matter. I mean, he's so. a good and like he's a good promo guy for Nakamura. Right. I feel like so. I feel like it works. Um, so Sami Zayn comes out and says that the new Daniel Bryan is actually the real Daniel Bryan, and that he has a lot in common with him and Nakamura. He says all three of them are artists and asks if he wants to move backwards with the fans or forward with them. So Daniel Bryan walks away, and we don't really get any resolution or answer. So what do you think is going to happen with this? There's no telling. I don't... The only thing, it's one of the best things on SmackDown, so... It is, but they've done this thing with Daniel Bryan where, like, every time they start a a feud with him, the first two weeks, he just doesn't say anything and walks away. Yeah. Remember the promos before when he was changing gimmicks? Yeah, yeah. He would just yeah. sit there. I, I don't... They just keep doing this, but, yeah, it, it it's going somewhere and has crazy potential i think they have to they might stretch it but eventually the yes movement will be back will it be as big that's the thing i don't know if it will be as big gotta be this is these are important weeks (laughs) shoot mania season is right around the corner so so Manny Rose and Nikki Cross have a match with Bailey and Sasha on commentary. I'm loving Sasha's outfit. She looked great this night. I don't know what happened to Alexa Bliss. I don't know. I guess they split up Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, but they got drafted and sent over and traded to SmackDown together. I don't know. We didn't hear anything from Alexa Bliss. But anyway, Nikki Pohl picked up the victory. She'll be fighting Bailey for the title. I don't know when. But next we have quote face to face with Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar we're gonna kind of go over the whole segment yeah from start to finish there was no face to face right (laughs) uh Paul Heyman comes on talks about the match and then says that Brock Lesnar has been doing something while they were cutting their promo and Ray has just never been great on the mic and has never improved on it so the beginning of this was a little slow to me, but <clears throat> oh, Dominic says thank you. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, to, to the fans. Go, yeah, to us. Yeah, and to you specifically. You're also. welcome, Dominic. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> You're welcome so much that while this all happened, Brock beat the hell out of him again, apparently, which got Ray's little one-arm man stumbling out of the ring, and then Kane with the worst facial expressions ever because he already has like this resting bitch. Yes, face. he does. Yeah. I thought mine was bad until I saw him. So Hey, you're supposed to laugh at that. No, everybody thinks you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody goes to the back, they check on the kid, and then Brock bursts in the room and beats the hell out of everybody. F5's Ray into like a wall. Yeah. And then F5's Kane onto Dominic, who's on a stretcher. 
Is that right? When he on a stretcher? No, well, no, he was just laying on a table, I oh. think. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Someone lay on this table. Your neck may be broken, I guess. But that was pretty much the highlight of the show, was just seeing Brock throw people around. All right, for the main event, Team Hogan defeated Team Flair. The crowd was actually into this match, but it was just, to me, it was probably the weakest show out of all four for the week. But we have Crown Jewel coming up. Are we, we're not going to do like a dedicated show on Crown Jewel. We'll just kind of go over it next week briefly. Yeah, and as far as the main event for me, you ever watched like a car chase and they zoom out real wide with the helicopter and if like they hit something, your eyes would be directed at the car? (laughs) That's how I felt with the main event, and I was just looking at Shorty G the whole time, and I was like, this is such a disaster. And I really, even when he's outside the ring, yeah, I just, that highlighter green, ugh. I know, it's bad. Ugh. I was like, I was watching the it's disrespectful. Astros and Nationals going back and forth, and the Pelicans and Mavs, so like SmackDown was like third. A lot of competition on, my, on Friday. Oh yeah, lots. Yeah, sign us off. I'm good on that. You got to do it this week. What do you mean? Hot tag. This is the third week. Hot tag. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tweet us podcast names. If not, we'll probably just stick with the A podcast. So what do you think? One last thing. At the end of the, every show, we'll say what we think was the A show. What do you think? Obviously, it's between Dynamite and NXT. If you had to choose one... I don't want to seem like a homer. On on three, we're going to say it, okay? okay. One, two, three, Dynamite. NXT. Okay. Oh, shit. I only say NXT because of the Finn thing. Like, that's all I saw on my timeline, the Finn Balor. And it created a lot of excitement. So. I mean, I just don't. I, I didn't like the Brazongo top gun we didn't even cover that (laughs) but like when i saw that i was just i mean i i agree but it was bad all right so thank you kid says it's time to go i know we gotta sign off thank you guys for listening and we will not see you next week but we'll oh no okay we'll end it right there (laughs)